Beyond the Mask is made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. With almost two decades of experience, the firm guides CRNAs through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Schedule a free consultation today by calling 855-304-3748 or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. Now, on with the show. Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. We know you spend your day caring for your patient's best interests. On our show, we want to care for you. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA industry. Beyond the Mask starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, Welcome to Beyond the Mask. I'm Jeremy Stanley, and I've been working with CRNAs for over 23 years, and I'm married to one. And my co-host is... Sharon Pierce. Sharon's a practicing CRNA for 20-plus years, a past president of the AANA, the NCANA, and many other leadership roles in the association. In fact, most of our CRNA listeners know Sharon, or at least know who she is. Our goal with every episode is to educate and enlighten CRNA. Sharon, what time is it? It is time to wake up, Jeremy. All right. Time to wake up. We love that. So today we have some special guests. And today's episode, Sharon, I, I kind of coined what I'm going to call this. Are you ready? I am. I'm holding on to my seat, okay. Jeremy. All right. The name of today's episode is To Block or Not to Block. Oh that is the question. <laughs> Jeremy, a.k.a. Hamlet. There you go. (laughs) And our special guests today are Scott Ergel and Jeff Moulter from the wonderful state of Ohio. Whoop, whoop. You guys can represent if you want. (laughs) Hey, oh, hi, guys. (laughs) Well, I guess we woke them up. (laughs) Yeah, we woke them up now. They're ready to go. Uh, For those of you out there who don't know Scott and Jeff, where you're missing out, and hopefully you'll get to know them, but Scott is the co-owner of Western Reserve Anesthesia Associates in Ohio. He has also developed an app, which we're going to talk about today, called Block Buddy, which is being utilized by anesthesia providers all over the nation. Scott's presented at a lot of state meetings on a lot of different topics dealing with blocks. And he's also been published in the ANA Journal and Outpatient Surgery Magazine. And uh, we're lucky to have you with us today, Scott. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And our other guest here today is Jeff Moulter. And Jeff is also co-owner and president of Western Reserve Anesthesia Associates and Western Reserve Anesthesia Education and also the co-founder of the Society of Opioid-Free Anesthesia. Jeff has also been published in a lot of textbooks and anesthesia journals, and he's presented at lots of state meetings and national meetings. So welcome, Mr. Malter. Thank you, Jeremy and Sharon, for having us today. Absolutely. So I'm just tired listening to the bios on these guys, (laughs) man. I know. know. We've got royalty in the house. Well, I feel like that every week when I'm with you, Sharon. Well, you you should. I have royalty sitting beside (laughs) me. All right. So today we're going to talk about blocks. Why don't you guys kind of give us some background and tell us why this topic is important? Well, you know what? I want to know about this app just a little bit. Jeremy, have you ever put together an app? Um, 
I took a nap once. You took a nap. Yeah, okay, I well, did take there a nap. You go. your wife is is a CRNA. <laughs> she may have helped you out. So uh, why don't we let Scott tell us a little bit about creating an app? It sounds really hard to me. Yeah, it was a, an interesting experience or has been an interesting experience. And, you know, the way that this sort of came to be was, you know, Jeff and I were teaching office on conferences and we're looking for something to support the conferences. And we looked at doing a textbook or an ebook. And those have already been done. And Jeff had this idea, well, why don't we come up with an app? And I said, well, that's, yeah, why not? And then I thought, I'd never purchase an app. So who am I to say we should make an app? So I looked into it and I found that there's some different platforms out there that allow you to sort of a do-it-yourself kind of a platform where you don't need to know how to do coding. It can be something as simple as typing in information, linking together some pictures or images or videos, and off you go. But what I didn't realize is there's a heck of a lot more involved in the process. And there definitely were some obstacles and hurdles along the way. So it's not just, hey, put some information together. It's, okay, you've done that. Now, how do you get that out there for users to actually download? And that was something that there's not a template or a, a kind of a guide that says, take steps one through 10 and off you go. So a lot of trial by error is kind of what we kind of encountered. So there's a lot that goes into it, not just putting together the app itself, but it's also now setting up a business, creating an LLC, forming an operating agreement with your partner, establishing a Dunn's number, which is essentially just a unique number that you get from Dunn and Bradstreet that helps you create a, a business credit file. Hey, that Scott, now you're talking my language. Um, I like this. This is yeah, right up yeah. my alley, you know? That is up your alley. I've got to be careful because this is more up your alley than mine. <laughs> but, so it's doing these things. It's setting up your cyber insurance, your errors and emissions insurance, applying for trademarks, copywriting issues, working with a medical illustrator. And when you work with a medical illustrator, you're going to license that image or you're going to purchase it and own it outright. And now there's a difference in cost. Learning how to use Adobe Illustrator to create and edit your images, setting up Dropbox accounts, Vimeo, YouTube. And then oh there's now... You're making me okay. tired, Scott. <laughs> I, I'm making myself <laughs> So how long did this process take from so the time that you for, had the brainchild? So from the time that we came up with this idea, started to build it, to actually submitted it for a publication and to be purchased was probably at least three to four months. And that was working every day after work and going back and, and just working on the app. The the kicker for us though was, you know, as we're going through this process, we weren't very proactive in setting things up because we didn't know. So a lot of, we reacted a lot to what we were doing. For example, once I submitted the app to Google, it pretty much, when you submit something to Google, it kind of gets pushed through and it's, ready for purchase right away. You submit it to Apple and it's a different ball game. They will pick apart that thing. And in fact, when we submitted it, after doing all the work, they rejected it. And they said, we, you cannot sell this on mm -hmm. in the app store. And keep in mind that more people purchase apps through Apple than Google. Right. So we, we probably sell six times the amount of apps on Apple versus Google. So if it doesn't get published on Apple, you're in real trouble. So that took a couple of weeks of going back and forth with Apple before they you know, decided, okay, you can, you can go ahead and submit this. Their concern was that you're providing medical information and 
you cannot do that. You're not a university. You're not a hospital. You're not an insurance company. Therefore, you cannot provide medical advice. So how did you so overcome kind of argue, that? Well, it was kind of arguing back and forth with someone. None of this was over phone. This is, of course, through messages in iTunes Connect. And so it's you're submitting an email response to probably someone different every day and kind of re-arguing your point day in and day out. And that you pretty much I had to sort of argue my credentials and who I was and why, you know, I'm suitable enough to have this app purchased or sold in the app store. So it was definitely two weeks of panic because we thought we just spent three or four months of building this. Now what's going to happen? It's not going to be sold. And if you can't sell it on in the app store, it's not going to go anywhere. Wow. I'm Sounds pretty like surprised it only took three to four months. Yeah, I was too. thinking three to four years well, or something. Yeah. So well, kudos now, to you two. Now, now, keep in mind, though, when this app was first published, there was nine blocks. So the current version of BlockBuddy is nothing to what it once was when it first came out. In fact, I've seen old versions of it, and I just sort of cringe thinking, gosh, when we put this out, I was so proud of it. I thought, we did this, this great thing. I look back, and I cringe. And I look at it and say, gosh, this is so amateur what we just put together. Like, how did anyone purchase this thing? So it's definitely evolved and grown. So it initially was three or four months, but since it was first published, it's something I probably work on weekly and I spend multiple hours on it. Wow. Hey, Jeff, talk to us a little bit about CRNAs and how you're seeing CRNAs utilizing blocks, understanding kind of the history here of blocks and CRNAs. Oh, that's a great question, Jeremy. I mean, I graduated from anesthesia school back in 2000, and I can tell you that when I went through my training program that I had a very limited block experience, but also the whole ultrasound component really hasn't come around. I want to say maybe around 2010, 2011, people really started picking up ultrasound and utilizing ultrasound to put in nerve blocks. So there's a large cohort of both CRNAs and anesthesiologists that are out there practicing today that did not learn ultrasound-guided nerve blocks in their training programs. And what we're seeing here in Ohio, at least, in the last couple of years is we've had some large anesthesia companies come into Ohio and take over anesthesia contracts at facilities. And when they take over these contracts on day one, they're looking for anesthesia providers that are all service providers. That means they expect you to be able to perform peripheral nerve blocks on patients that are coming in to have surgeries. You know, and especially today with the opioid epidemic being what it is, we're having more and more patients come to us as the anesthesia experts saying, hey, you know, I have a fractured wrist and I do not want to have any opioids. And if you have the ability to put in a nerve block on that patient, you can make their wishes and dreams come true. Now, if you do not have the ability to offer that service to the patient, it puts you in a situation of, are you going to give them an anesthetic where they're going to have to take opioids because you don't know how to perform a nerve block? So I do think that being able to perform peripheral nerve blocks is a huge skill set that every anesthesia provider needs to have in their back pocket, whether it be CRNAs or a physician anesthesiologist. There's got to be a pretty huge learning curve to this. I mean, 
you know, Jeremy says in the intro, 20 plus years, and now I'm knocking on the door of 30 years. Oh, I've never heard you say that, Sharon. <laughs> wow. I know. I know. It was hard to say it. But, you know, I wasn't trained on ultrasound, so it sounds pretty tough to me. Why don't you fill us in on that? This is Jeff. I mean, I could tell you that this is just like any skill that we learned as far as starting IVs. You know, there's always that learning curve where you feel like you have two left hands when you're first starting out. And it's a slow process and it's a painful process that it's hard to undertake. But after you put in that 20th IV, that 30th IV, you start to get confidence. And I feel like nerve blocks are the same. Scott and I, in our business, we purchased our first ultrasound machine in 2011. And before the ultrasound, we were putting in interscaling blocks routinely with a nerve stimulator and landmark techniques. We could put a block in a patient in usually under two minutes. We got our first ultrasound machine and we were learning. Him and I were standing over the patient, looking at the screen, doing the block together, and the blocks were taking 35, 40 minutes. It was a painful process. We kept looking at each other like, wow, why do we want to do this? I mean, are we doing the right thing here? We went from a two-minute procedure to a 35-minute procedure. But I could tell you, though, after a short span of time, we now were doing ultrasound-guided nerve blocks in under two minutes, and the blocks were better. The success rate was higher. The complication rates went down. So, But I will say, though, it is there is a learning curve, and it's a painful process, but you literally have to force yourself to go through it. That's my take on it. What do you say, Scott? Well, yeah, I mean, I thought when we first started doing it, I thought this was a, the worst idea. You know, what did we just do? We just spent $30,000 on this machine, yeah. and we don't have a clue as, as to what we're doing. But yeah, like anything new, it, there's a learning curve, and it takes some time. I think what helps or what is helpful now is that there's more resources, there's more information on blocks, whether it's watching videos online, purchasing an app like BlockBuddy, or going to a conference. And there are plenty of conferences out there now, whether it's coming to a BlockBuddy conference or another conference. There's plenty of them, plenty of CRNA-owned businesses out there that provide these services. So there's definitely more resources and just being able to get your hands on an ultrasound transducer and scanning someone. That's what you have to do just to get comfortable. It's a new skill. And it feels awkward and uncomfortable at the beginning. But once you get enough under your belt, it's like, where has this been? Why did we not start doing this sooner? So it's such a great tool. And it's definitely, it's a game changer. And it's definitely greatly improved the quality of care that we're providing our patients now. Hey, Scott, this is Jeremy. Who, well, know, I guess you don't is, sound like Jeremy. me, fool. Well, he he might have gotten confused. You know? <laughs> um, sometimes you, it's, easy you know, to do. it's the accent. Uh, <laughs> You know, you from, can see the hand gestures right now. <laughs> from, from my understanding and my limited knowledge of nurse anesthesia, but typically in a lot of facilities, in a lot of teaching facilities, my understanding is that the physician anesthesiologists don't allow CRNAs or SRNAs in most cases to do blocks. And, you know, I'm wondering how they're learning along the way. Has that gotten better? And are there studies that show patient outcomes doing blocks with CRNAs versus MDs? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. There definitely are 
various locations nationwide where there are limitations on practice. And it's not just with the performance of ultrasound guided nerve blocks that apply to other areas, but that's definitely one area where there's some limitations in our practice. So that's definitely a real concern. What we're seeing is that we're seeing a lot more CRNAs taking the initiative now and getting out there and they're getting that training at conferences. And even in the nurse anesthesia programs, we're seeing a lot more programs now including that in their curriculum. So they're getting that exposure and that experience so that when they get out there in the real world that they're ready to go. And, you know, we served as a clinical site for the last few years for Case Western Reserve University. And, you know, students are coming in with very little experience and they're coming out getting 60 or 70 blocks under the belt and they're doing a really good job. And to the point where they're pretty proficient by the time they're done with the rotation. So, we're seeing a lot more of that going on. So I know that AANA does ultrasound conferences, but did I hear you say that Black Buddy, you guys do conferences also for yeah, ultrasound? That's right. So we've been doing them now for, I think, the last five years. And so we'll, we put on two of our own, one in the fall, one in the spring, that we will plan and organize. And we do that um, down in Columbus in conjunction with Waterbine University Grant Medical Center Nurse Anesthesia Program. So we have a really good relationship with Brian Garrett, the program director and assistant director, uh, Casey Ballard. And so we do a, a program down there that people can register for when they go to our website, myblockbuddy.com. And then we also do a private meeting. So if anyone ever wants to hire us out, we do various nurse anesthesia programs. And we've traveled throughout the country going to uh, hospitals and putting on programs for anesthesia departments. So and, and that's such a, it's a, such a great tool for people just to learn the blocks, do the didactic portion, and then start doing the scanning. And that's where you really start putting things together is taking what you learned in the lecture and then go off and start scanning a model and really starting to put the probe in the hand and understanding how to scan, how to hold the probe, and to ident- identify the sonoanatomy on the screen. What about state meetings? Because, you know, I plan North Carolina state meetings. I speak at a lot of state meetings. And do you guys ever go out and maybe take your ultrasound machine and teach in that manner? Yeah, we sure do. We've done some of those in the past. And again, we treat those in the same capacity as if someone hired us out privately, whether it's a hospital or a surgery center, a, a university program or, or a state meeting, and really enjoy doing those. In fact, I did one this past March. In Hawaii, and oh really well, that was awful. Can we say tax write off? Yeah, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was really tough. It took some time for me to yeah, sort of think nice. about. Uh, yeah. I really want to go all the way out there. I mean, it's beautiful and it's warm weather. It's March, uh, and it's miserable and cold. Jeff, Ohio, did you so, did you uh, did you have anything to say about this, Jeff? <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I wanted to go to that one really bad. But, uh, <laughs> I know, it's uh, usually at the Mahala Resort. <laughs> I've, I've been to that meeting. They always do a fantastic job. But yeah, that's, 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 that's a great meeting. In fact, I'm inviting to go back for, for next March. So uh, I very nice. think hard about that one, too. So <laughs> Well, I mean, that's a little nice thing to know for a lot of these meetings that plan hands-on. Yeah. Um, so glad you guys do that. We also... Like, uh, was that two years ago, Scott, that we actually went to Nebraska and we did a conference for a hospital and they actually had me and Scott come out there and then they actually made it their own conference. They actually sold seats and, you know, filled the room for us. And we did a two-day conference in 
of all places, Columbus, Nebraska. We normally do <laughs> our uh, conferences twice a year in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, but two years ago, we did one at a hospital in Columbus, Nebraska. So that was a great experience. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's ingenious, as Jeff and I had talked about before, you know, to do the app. I mean, you can update this thing. It's not like a book. You don't have to go through a publisher. I mean, what a great use of technology in this space. And, you know, I just commend you guys for doing that. I guess one of the questions I have, you know, as usual, is going to revert back to financial. And, you know, is there a financial opportunity for CRNAs who learn how to do this stuff? Yeah, that's funny you, you kind of bring that up. Is the one thing that Jeff and I had talked about in the past is once we got the app developed and started to get it out there, Jeff's like, you know, why don't you put together some sort of um, presentation and you give us at the national meeting or a state meeting and share with people what are the steps that you take as sort of a, you know, quote unquote entrepreneur and, and the steps it takes to not just the development side of, I'm talking coding and that sort of thing, creating an app, but the steps it takes to actually, you know, set up a business and then the steps with copywriting and, and insurance, what's all involved? Because like I, as I mentioned earlier, there's, there's not a template, at least there wasn't a few years ago when we first published this, that really spells out how to do this. And so Jeff said, well, why don't you put together? And I said, yeah, that's a great idea. I just hadn't done it, but <laughs> I think it, it'd be a, something that's beneficial for a lot of other serenades who may have ideas like how we did. And we kind of brainstormed and said, this is kind of a cool idea. It's not really out there, but now how do you make it come to fruition? Right. And well, I think there's probably a lot of other CRNAs in the country who have different ideas for products, whether it's an educational thing or something that you can implement in your actual clinical practice. But I'm assuming there's a lot of other smart CRNAs throughout this country who have these great ideas, who just don't know the steps it takes to actually make it come to fruition. I totally agree with you. Yeah. I mean, you know, I guess when I asked that question, and I think that's a great point, I was really trying to get at, you know, how can a CRNA who learns how to do blocks maybe go out and benefit from that as a CRNA? Um, that's, that's a great question, Jeremy. I mean, I think that, I think trying to find an environment where you can utilize your skill and perform the blocks and you get that experience, I think it makes you a more marketable provider. And in today's world of, again, reduced opioids, you know, and not just reduced opioids, but we also, when we do these nerve blocks on patients, we oftentimes bring them to the phase two area of the surgery center. We get them out of the facility quicker and the facility incurs, you know, less expenses when we're performing these blocks. So it really makes you a more valuable provider. I will say that we talked earlier how sometimes you can work in a facility where they're maybe limiting your opportunity to perform blocks. And I would say that, first of all, if you acquire the skill to do this, that you should be prepared so that when your number's called, you could step up to the plate and, uh, you know, hit a triple or a home run. So I think you have to be prepared to know how to do the blocks so that when you have your opportunity, you could perform them. And, and again, I know there are a lot of obstacles, but sometimes that may require you going to the administration at your facility and saying, hey, I'm a CRNA, I'm a full practice provider, I've learned how to do blocks, I'm prepared, and at my facility, at this facility, they're not letting me do that. And speaking to administration, see if they would let you do it. 
Well, I must commend you guys for the app and you know, the millennials, as we call them, they learn in a whole different manner than some of us baby boomers do. And I really commend you guys for coming up with this because I would imagine that they would find it particularly attractive because they learn so much differently. And, you know, that's kind of why we started the podcast, yeah, too, absolutely. is because millennials, I watched my children and how they consume content. And it was always with podcasting. So that's one of the reasons why we started this. But we appreciate you guys coming on with us today. And if you have any concluding comments you'd like to make, Jeff, before we close this up. Um, if I could just say one last thing, I wanted to uh, congratulate Scott. He is the uh, 2019 AANA Alice McGaw Award winner, and he'll be whoop, whoop. getting Very that award nice. in Chicago right. at the National Congress in August. So I just wanted to That's congratulate Scott. I mean, fantastic. he's really changed the dynamic of regional anesthesia. And, you know, he's a pretty humble guy, but, you know, Block Buddy has, I think, what, Scott, over 14,000 apps have been sold globally, and he's just making a difference in the way uh, patients are treated. So that's kind of my last statement there. That's awesome. Hey, hey Jeff, didn't, yeah, well, you, didn't you win something this year as well? Or? He sure did. I, I thought so. You're, 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 talking, you're, you're talking to the royalty over that. So that's the uh, 2018 uh, <laughs> Ohio CRNA of the Year. There you go. Right there. My goodness. Right. Congratulations, guys. We struck gold. I think we did. This is and I'm a food challenge, a food challenge winner too, right, Scott? Uh, <laughs> that's that's for that's for another podcast. I was gonna say there's there's some background there. Maybe a couple drinks in Chicago and we'll get this out of you guys. Right? It's not a hot dog yeah, eating not. food challenge contest, was it, or something like that? Maybe we'll leave that one alone. <laughs> yeah, it's a good idea. All right, guys. Well, I, I think that's a wrap. We appreciate you guys being on. We want to thank our listeners for listening to Beyond the Mask with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our other episodes on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. Until next time. It's a wrap. Like what you're hearing? Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and everywhere else that streams podcasts. Today's show was made possible by the folks at CRNA Financial Planning, an independent consulting firm that offers financial planning services exclusively to CRNAs and their families. From planning for a child's future college expenses to building a predictable income stream in retirement, the firm is committed to offering you comprehensive financial services, customized to fit your unique needs and objectives. If you have questions about your financial future, get them answered. Call the team at 855-304-3748. That's 855-304-3748. Or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. And thanks for your support of Beyond the Mask. Hi, this is Jackie Rolls, President of the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists and President and Founder of Our Hearts, Your Hands, a global anesthesia support community that takes donations to allow nurse anesthetists in low and middle income countries to go to educational programs, buy equipment, or textbooks. Your donations are tax deductible, and we would appreciate your support.